and there is no steeple. <laughs> there's there's not. It's completely counter to what uh, what the the culture looks for in a church. And so it's actually caused me to to stop and pause and be like, "Hey, Lord, what like what are you doing?" Like, mm-hmm. and it's it's created this sense of excitement and anticipation because. Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. I am Adam Diamond, and we're back again with another episode, only this time we managed to catch someone who has been very elusive lately. <laughs> He's already smiling. Adam, I was on a podcast a couple weeks ago. Come on, smarten up. <laughs> yes, because everyone wants to hear from you, Matt. Amen. <laughs> so I got Matt Leahy. I got uh, John Lewis. Hello again. I got Curtis Rogers. Hello. And the uh, he's like a leprechaun or a unicorn, Steve Bray. <laughs> uh, uh, it is good to be seen and heard and wanted. <laughs> well, I didn't say we wanted well, you. Well, that's but. true, yes. <laughs> well, like it or not, you have me now. You're just hard to find. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're, I'm like, where's Waldo? It's where's Steve? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's just get, let's get into this one. This one's going to be a fun one, I think. So this is more of an update um, for how Model Mission has been going what it's been like next year is five years from mile hey, one mission praise god and we're gonna i mean we're gonna look at what that looks like um in the coming months but it's something really to think about i mean i've been here for four years matt you've been here for four and a bit yeah four and a bit and uh john's been here about two years now uh yeah about two years and nine months how long has it felt though <laughs> <laughs> not very long at all <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ask him outside the podcast. <laughs> and Curtis, you've been here. Yeah, almost three and a half now. So. Yeah, most of that was part-time, though. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> you're not as dedicated. Yeah. Come to Mod 1, where you will be lifted up and edified. Yeah, You're only part-timer, man. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, so what's it been like? And you can all take turns. Um addressing this, but what's it been like in new planting churches in Newfoundland and Labrador over the last four years? What kind of experience, what have you experienced, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, hit me with it. For myself, coming from the Southern United States, uh, here in Newfoundland, it's very much like it's described by the folks that are from here, being that it's a communal place. Uh, People are very tight and very proud of their communities they're from. And so planting a church is not uh, something like the, the, a model from Mississippi would not work here in Newfoundland, where you would just have like a large church and people from all over come to the church. You need a church that does service your community and your neighborhood. When we, so just to put it in context, we, we moved here from Australia. Uh, I got the call to come back. I felt the call. I heard the call. What do you want to call it? No pun intended. Um, to come back and plant churches. And so we we started laying the roots of of Kilbride Community Church in the fall of 2019, uh, and and we ended off 2019 with what I thought was amazing momentum, um, but then little did I know, and I don't think any of us knew what was going to happen in March 2020, when when COVID came to our shores, and so when you talk about what's it like church planting for all intents and purposes, like we should have shut our doors in in 2020, we absolutely should have. Um, and I remember at the beginning of, of the pandemic, I was on a, a podcast 
and the interviewer said, what's it like planting a church in a pandemic? And I was like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, no one has done this in, you know, planted in a pandemic in, in probably 100 years since 1918. And so what's it been like? It's been interesting, interesting to watch the hand of God, not only upon this little church plant, but upon the mission as a whole, as he has guided us and steered us and walked us through pandemics, through watching other churches close their doors to opposition and pushback. And, and he has just been so good to us on, on, on a number of, of, uh, yeah, number of levels. Yeah. I think, um, one common denominator is that it's slow and arduous and, uh, it takes time to get off the ground, which I think we saw Adam with downtown. I mean, for basically just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> For basically two years, I mean, there's more or less stagnancy, mm-hmm. uh, if we're honest. Um, but it's only just now since, you know, we've developed a good relationship with a new rental space. We've seen new people come out. We've seen a lot more phases in the past three months than we have in two years previous, right? And so um, just being patient, um, we've prayed a lot that God would grow um, what's now a little Bible study um, that we hope to see um develop into a fully autonomous church one day um and slowly but surely we're seeing that happen yeah it's been it's it's been interesting just looking back myself um i've shared my story a few times now with some of the younger guys have come in the new guys and just thinking about the frustrations and even the distrust i have (laughs) coming into the baptist world i'll say and just how far God has come and brought us in that sense. But also, like you said, Curtis, looking back, I mean, there were times we did Bible study and there was like one other person outside of our team in my living room. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, well, we're still doing it, yeah. right? Um, and just knowing that, you know what, if if she texted us and said, like, I'm not coming, like, do we still do Bible study with yeah, exactly. us? <laughs> and just, just going through the, the real life feelings and emotions of like, what do we do next? And now we're blessed and we, you know, we can have almost, almost 20 people. I think it's 19 people mm. um, when we count it all up now. And that's amazing. Steve, what's it like for you looking back? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I want to put us into perspective. We, we want to say unapologetically that planting churches in St. John's in Newfoundland and Labrador is the very epitome of the phrase that got popular by the book that Mike McKinley and Ms. McConnell wrote called Church in Hard Places. That's what we are doing. We are planting churches in a hard place. And I'm from here and I love the place. But, you know, as I sit here now and we're looking down at the fifth anniversary of Mile One Mission and you guys have been through so many. I mean, I look at you. You guys are my heroes. And I look at the three of you, the four of you and think of the third verse of amazing grace through many dangers, toils, and snares. You all have already come Tis grace has brought you safe thus far and grace will bring you home. But from the very beginning, I felt a new and just sense from the Lord to establish a church in St. John's or Newfoundland and Labrador to get it somewhere between 50 or more people was going to take seven to nine years. And to be honest, I think that's exactly the timeline we're under Because we sit here on this podcast and you guys have 19 or 20 in a Bible study. John is going to go to Labrador in January. And if you have a good Sunday, you'll have somewhere between 17 to 23, give or take. 
Matt, you've had what thirty odd people at your last service. Yeah, that's yeah. And have fifty odd people yeah, in the community you're working yeah, with. Absolutely, hundred percent. And we've watched Calvary Baptist, and this is what I want all their pastors out there to know: is Calvary Baptist when we started this had something like thirty odd, forty members, and we averaged like seventy odd a service. And now Calvary Baptist is pushing a hundred members, averaging almost hundred and sixty a service, and two hundred and twenty or thirty people would call the church their home. And God has grown not only Calvary Baptist as we've been planting these churches. And I want to remind our listeners, I read this, I gave you guys these stats, only 92% of all churches in the U.S. and Canada have an average weekly worship attendance of below 250. 68% have an average of below 100 and 31% are below 50, which guess what? That means downtown community church, Kilbride community church, and Northern Cross Community Church is in that 31 percentile. Let's go. Right? <laughs> and I just think it's amazing. <clears throat> I, I, you know, you guys are my heroes. You guys have fought the fight. Um, you're still fighting the fight. Lord willing, you're going to finish your course and keep the faith. But I can tell you right now, with all my heart, I really believe that God is doing something in Newfoundland and Labrador. He is rewarding your faithfulness. It is long and slow. I believe in our model of raising up interns, raising up indigenous Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. I believe in the idea of getting partners to partner with us for less but longer and seeing coalitions built. But I have to tell you, I know what we started with, and, I, and my faith was pretty small. And I sit here today with you guys, and, and you're, you're all like Timothy's and Titus's in the faith for me. But all I can do is just say, praise God from whom all blessings flow. No, it's it's pretty awesome, Steve. I mean, looking back at the basement, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the morning coffees at Starbucks and be like, oh, we should probably get into the office. Yeah. You know, like there's different things as we grew into this. And I can remember looking at Matt and Dave and because we were the only interns, you were the only church planter and being like, how That's do we... right. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the good days. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it was like, how do we fill our plates? But now it's just feel like the vision is just actually taking a hold and just seeing the need for itself. Cause I can remember even doubting it before. Like is Newfoundland really that unreached? Yeah. Is our city really that unreached? And then more as we talk to people uh, and I mean, yeah, it's God, God is doing something and I don't think it's because of us. No. Right. Um, it is definitely not because of us. I just pause there for dramatic effect. That, yeah. was, that was a good pause to just kind of reflect. <laughs> no, I, Adam, I, I really believe, you know, it is something that maybe our listeners that are not from Newfoundland and Labrador, they don't realize. We live in a world, St. John's, Newfoundland, and Newfoundland and Labrador that you guys have all experienced. It's not that we lack religion here. And so when you say, hey, St. John's is less than 1% evangelical, it is amazing because nobody off of this province actually bristles at that. It's the people here that are often hurt or offended or confused or demand that we prove it. Mm -hmm. And what has been amazing is when people actually sit back and actually do the math that they realize, oh, my goodness. Now, that's not to say there's not been many noble and honorable efforts made. And there is a debt of love owed to many in the history of this province what we're saying is in 2023, as we end it and we look to 2024, that the unmitigated need for a 
truly biblical gospel that is humble and patient and kind and yet unapologetically standing on the truth of Scripture where we engage the culture with respect and yet true confidence in God alone is needed now more than ever before. Mm-hmm. Why, and we touched on this, I think probably in our very first podcast episode, but I don't think we've talked about it since. Mm. So like, why, why do we specifically do neighborhood churches and not older models? Hmm. Why not? <laughs> That's going back. You were just waiting for that, weren't you? Yeah. Pining for it. <laughs> well, you know what? It's interesting because, for you know, again, a lot of our listening audience will probably be people that claim to be Christians, and our model is not meant to say that we disagree with other models or that we're against certain things. Our model is based on what we know is needed for how our people here in St. John's and our province of Newfoundland and Labrador relate. And so it used to be here that the churches were, were sprinkled and spotted everywhere along the coast of all these things. You'd move in, and one of the things that would dominate the skyline would be a steeple. Mm-hmm. And these churches were integrated into the life of the community and neighborhoods and so on and so forth. And somehow with the invention of the vehicle, the Industrial Revolution, it became... Uh, all the more easier for people to kind of, I'm going to drive and leave my neighborhood and I'm going to go to a geographical location. We're all going to gather up. That's been wonderful. But what it meant we lost is the very fabric of Newfoundland and Labradorian culture, which was neighborhoods. When Snowmageddon hit it in 2019, just before, sorry, 2020, just leading into COVID, what makes Newfoundlanders and Labradorians so amazing to the outside world is the way in our neighborhoods we rally around each other, we care for each other, we love on each other. Ironically and somewhat humorously, we're in everybody's business. We know what everybody's go- going through and what everybody does. And so for us, it just made perfect sense to establish churches built into those neighborhoods. And, you know, I think the proof of the pudding is what we've seen happen downtown, what mm-hmm. we've seen happen in Kilbride, what we're seeing happen in Goose Bay. But you guys are the ones that are living it. I had the idea. <laughs> Bottom line is I forced you guys to live this idea. So you guys should tell me what's it like planting churches in neighborhoods and small communities. Well, I mean, just in the sense of even having a church that's you know, liturgical um, and then our definition, some people would feel of a church is very strict in the sense that, you know, you got to have a, an actual structure of leadership, elders, if you can, eventually deacons. Um, you practice the ordinances of the church, communion and water baptism. Um, blanking, guys. Help me out here. Church? <laughs> okay, but that, that's a good thing, Matthew. But like, you know, house churches, for example, our model isn't house churches, right? No, it's neighborhood churches. Right? So like, what? why not house churches? Why not that model? I mean, for one, it's I've gotten strange looks at like, yeah, <laughs> you meet in your house. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the reasons that another reason that we do neighborhood churches is, you know, becoming all things to to all people. Like like what you just said uh, with the house church thing. Like it, meeting in movie theaters might work in Montreal, but it doesn't really work here, because right. how many times like have we gotten asked like, so where's your church? Like we're the church. And we're and you're meeting in the house, no, but where is your church? Yeah, but here's like, the interesting thing: though, like people, people still view that a church is a steeple and a cross. And how many more people? Like how much has Calvary grown just since we purchased oh that goodness, former Catholic yeah. church building? But here, right? here's where it gets interesting: 
and this is where I've been challenged as, as we're now about to go into the next phase with Kilbride Community Church. So we're about to move into a new location. And there is no steeple. <laughs> there's, there's not. It's completely counter to what, uh, what the, the culture looks for in a church. And so it's actually caused me to to stop and pause and be like, "Hey, Lord, what like what are you doing?" Like, mm-hmm. and it's it's created this sense of excitement and anticipation because, you know, what if the Lord is about to break down a lot of barriers that we've, you know, faced because of the preconceived idea that this is what I want in a church. Ironically, yeah. you'll be doing that across the street from a steeple and across. Two of them actually. <laughs> <laughs> One However, both. I would say, Matt, you know, and I'd love to get John's opinion on this from Goose Bay. You know, the other thing I think we need to be honest is two things. One, when we say we're contextualizing to our world, we're not making an indictment against other models. Now, I mean, listen, we're a bunch of Newfoundlanders and we're Christians, so we don't lack for opinions. And I do have an opinion about house church and movie theater church and, you know, pub bar church and, (laughs) you know, mega church and all these kinds of things to be multi-site and all that kind of stuff. Even if God does bless and we're praying that he does, I think our model is still saying we don't make the exception to the rule, the rule. Because even as you do this, you're going to follow the will of God. You're going to follow the doors he opens and, and, and trust him with the doors he shuts. But that isn't going to change the fact that if Kilbride Community Church ever does be able to have a facility with a steeple and a cross, it will embed you into the neighborhood. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Right? John, what, what does it look like for you? Um, well, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing because in Labrador, you do have a lot of influence from Newfoundland. And being here in Newfoundland has reminded me a lot of what it was like to live in Italy in that I lived in a small village. It was about 300 people, Polchenigo. Um, and every village over there, the church was part of the town center, the That's heart right. of the village. Uh, you usually had the church, you had a fountain, and that was your town square <laughs> or your town circle. That's right. And every village was set up that way. So it was an understood thing that if you wanted to get married, funeral, whatever, mm-hmm. the church was in the town square. Um, and I think that's a part of like the Newfoundland culture, although the culture's changed to where not as many people go to church, it's still kind of an understood thing. Like what Curtis was saying, when people say, where's your church, they're expecting to see a physical structure. That's right. You have a little bit of that in Labrador, but not as much. Right. Um, it's more along what I would call like mainstream kind of, uh, Canadian American kind of viewpoint of church up there. It's kind of like. Oh, well, if you have a church, it's just somewhere in the city. Um, and in particular, in Goose Bay, Northern Cross is the only church that's on the Goose Bay side that's really within the town limits, aside from Darren Dinsmore's church. Um, all the other ones are on the Happy Valley side, kind of clustered together. Um, but people, they, you do see that influence up there. And, and that's one thing I think is a learning experience for people that are coming from the U.S. Uh, I would love for them to come here to St. John's to see this. And to understand that communal uh, nature of the uh, the culture here. Uh, secondly, that John is uh, when we think about neighborhood churches, is that so? Like, what would what would our model be, or how would how would we see it otherwise? Like, when we think of like a mega church or this, what what is typical now in St. John's is that there's a center location, and people drive from all parts of the metro area to come to this one physical location. But then we look at individual neighborhoods, like Matt has a burden for Kilbride, you know, Adam for downtown. I know, John, you're not even on the island, but for Happy Valley Goose Bay, uh, me for Rabbit Town in the future. Those are particular neighborhoods that people in the 
city identify with and they know where the boundaries are. And so the, the question becomes, how do you reach the people in those neighborhoods? Because, you know, you've had um, some, some people say to you, Matt, like, well, yeah, you're the only church in Kilbride, but, you know, there's five or 10 churches within a 15-minute drive from Kilbride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who in but Kilbride those, is going to those churches, Exactly, right? and are those churches reaching out to people in Kilbride? And, yeah, and, and right. who's reaching the southern shore, south, south of Like, right, if if you're not in this 1% evangelical population in Newfoundland, and if you are in it, you probably think it's bigger than it really is, um, then we, we don't really realize, like, we're not reaching lost people. And oftentimes when... We do, if you do plan church, you do plan a big mega church at a central geographical location and you neglect the coal neighborhood model, really all you're doing is just the circulation of people who are already Christians mm. because they'll just like, oh, what's this new thing popping up? I'm going to go check it out and I'm discontented with my current church or my current denomination, so I'll go check them out. But how many people in the actual surrounding neighborhood of your church are you being, are reached? And what does your neighborhood think of you? You know, especially when we think about having a good reputation, um, I think was it that First Peter. Um, well, not only that, that, but it's a qualification of an elder. Qualification of an elder. First Timothy. Um, so, how do we, you know, what does the outside neighborhood like? Not just people that are going to hate you because you're evangelical, but like people who like are you genuinely loving on your community? Yeah. So very quickly here now, um, as we clue up, what is next? From Malwin Mission, mm. like what? What are we looking at that's happening next? I mean, Curtis, wow. you're probably next up on the on the roster. You're in the batting yeah. box, right? Yeah, I'm on deck. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, so you're going you're going to Rabbit Town, like you said. But uh, you know what? What are we looking at next, Steve? Yeah. So for us, we've looked at it. You know, our goal and our prayer and our vision, if God allows is 17 churches, 10 of which are spread across our city and seven of which are spread across our province. And, um, you know, with three started, we hope to see another four started over the next uh, three to four years. And that'll take us from 2024 to probably 2026, 2027. And then Lord willing, we'll, we'll start the next four or five. And then, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, Again, you guys have heard me say this. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Mm-hmm. So we're asking the Lord for these 17 churches between now and 2033. But but here's my heart with all of this, because Curtis hit on something. We, can, we have to own this as evangelicals, that we love numbers. And we love to try and make ourselves feel good with numbers. But we're asking God to start 17 churches in this city and province we're hoping to see them all grow over the next decade or so to be 100 people, mm. where 90% of more of them are from that neighborhood or that intimate community. And we don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul, to use a, a Christian cliche. <laughs> I'm not looking to uh, reshuffle the deck, uh, so to speak. I'm asking the Lord for 1,700 people to come to Christ. And, and that's what we want to see. And when you get into the nitty gritty of it, nitty gritty of it, you know, I, I think there's arguments to be made that uh, networked and nimble is the future. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I say it's the future, to me, it's a return to the past. Um, I, I think that's what we confuse. I think the confusion about the house church model is largely people confusing what was basically just an intimate church. Because houses as we know them in the West, even though we, we are blessed beyond measure and have often larger homes, you know, our living rooms are not designed to hold 50, 60, 70 people. But in the first century, many of these homes that were used as churches were. 
and just by the nature of the way they gathered and how they did these things. So, you know, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to allow us to establish churches, what you hit on earlier, that these are churches of regenerate people, people that truly know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. that we come together and they're in a covenant relationship where baptism and communion are observed and celebrated, where they're brought together and widows are cared for and neighborhoods are impacted and the cause of Christ in the name of Jesus is put forward. And by God's grace, along the way, we'll see men and women raised up and equipped, and we'll celebrate that, and we'll see neighborhoods that are rejoicing. Because you know what? Here's what I would hope to say. For anyone out there that's an agnostic, a skeptic, a, a curious, a doubter, hurt, wounded by institutional church, and to be honest, amongst the five of us here, we could, we could all tell our own stories. Here's what I hope and pray is that we all want better neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's really what we want. We want better neighborhoods. And any neighborhood, any neighborhood is made up of all kinds of people of ethnicity and socioeconomic standing and hurts and failures and successes. But we all want the ability to walk the streets of our neighborhoods and be safe, to know that you can go to your neighbors for love and support, for encouragement or help. And I would hope and pray that any and every church that God allows Mile One Mission to be a part of is not looking to be some sort of condescending, uppity type thing, but rather a collection of broken people who have met a perfect Savior who simply want to help their neighborhoods be better. Yeah, I think that's key, and especially as we go out in Curtis, as you look to start, it's a good common ground to find. You know, we're not trying to encroach anyone's ground. Mm-mm. I mean, our city does, you know, um, harm reduction and care really well like almost anything you can need except for housing at the moment <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but almost anything else outside of that in terms of you know resume help shelters food you know whatever you need it's available for you and sometimes the church coming in can be threatening to that absolutely um so it's finding that common ground but like listen we just want to how can we work with you and come together to have a better rabbit town, to have a better Kilbride, to have a better Happy Valley Goose Bay. That's right. And in the midst of that... And we not also, because we're better. No. Right. No. And in the midst of that, find opportunities to share the gospel, to create those relationships, and to pray that God is going to, you know, yield a harvest. Yeah. That his, his word doesn't return empty or void. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so, Curtis, just, just you can finish this one off, but how are you feeling... Like thinking that, you know, within the next year or so, you're going to be church pastor number four. Like what, what kind of emotions are you, are you having? Um, well, I'm excited to get off your team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. Good riddance. No, Good riddance. No, <laughs> no, um, no I'm, I'm, I'm excited um, to move into the community to, um, I think that the biggest thing for me now between now and, and next fall um, is just integrating more um finding places you know where I can volunteer anywhere that I can um, put myself in proximity to people that live in the community develop connections um, and just you know let them know what we're about thank you for listening up to this point um, our SD card actually ran out of space uh, so there is more to what Curtis was saying we just lost it but I will be sure to give Curtis another opportunity in the near future to tell us what his emotions are leading up to his church plant and what his plans are, what he's hoping God will do in Rabbit Town. 
you know, un- until that moment, be praying for us. Uh, if you don't partner with my one mission, I pray, I ask that you would pray about that. And in the meantime, it's so good. And I would encourage you in your own life to look back and see what God has done, especially as we come into this busy Advent season, look back and remind yourself, let the Holy Spirit remind you of what God has done in your life, how he has been faithful to you, how he has been faithful to his word and to keep his promises and be encouraged for what God is doing in our province, especially if you're from Newfoundland, Labrador. I I know sometimes it feels like this place might not be that lost, but when we look around, there is a lot of lostness around us. And society can feel so dark at times, but the gospel is the light and the light shines brighter in the darkness. So be encouraged. And if you are a supporter of Model One Mission, thank you so much. And I hope this helps you see what God has done through your faithful support. And may you, you know, be with us as we look forward with eager anticipation for what God will continue to do. Until next week, catch us then. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.